Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Happy Monday. I can't stand it. We're finally in studio. I am. AJ Gibson is out, but we have the iconic Dr. Jen Mann joining us. And I feel like it's girl power times three. Vanessa, our producer, is also here. Her first time back. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy that we could all be together while everyone's stuck at home because everyone literally has COVID. (laughs) You know, everyone I know does, um, although I'm very grateful that I don't, uh, at least for now. Um, but, you know, it, it has been a pretty brutal season for, for many, many people. I know. I agree. I can't say it enough. I'm so thankful for the vaccines. I'm so grateful for science that, um, you know, for the people that have gotten it, even like myself, I was able to have a full recovery. It could have been so much worse. But AJ is out for maybe this week, but it gives us an opportunity to have Dr. Jen Man. How was your New Year's, Dr. Jen? You know, my New Year's was very low key, thanks to Omicron. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I was just not leaving my house as I often do these days, <laughs> and just hanging with my family, with with my man, with my daughters, uh, visiting with my parents. You know, hanging with my pod. Yeah, how about you? What did I, you do? Same. I was staying inside. I hung out with my mother-in-law and my girlfriend, and we enjoyed it. And to be honest, I have ran around like a psychopath for over 30 years. And when I got COVID, I had to sit at home for over 10 days. And now I love it. Like, I miss Lisa. I'm like, I was with her attached to her hip. Now I have to leave for work. <laughs> I totally understand that. And, you know, my partner, Eric, is someone who you know, is, has always been like traveling a ton and he loves St. Bart's and doing tons of red carpets. And and like now he like rarely leaves the house. He he runs his business from home. Like we're very conservative about COVID because we have, um, we have people in our pod who are older and who are very ill. So like he, it's so funny how he has adjusted and now kind of our brain is like, leave the house? What do you mean? Why? Listen, I feel the same way. I was already texting Lisa. I miss her. Well, we have a great show for you today. We're coming together because uh, the Golden Globes happened, but apparently nobody knew about it. Also, a devastating death in the comedy world right after Betty White. And then we're having a conversation about BDSM and sexuality. Um, 
we I can't love wait. I, I know this is we I love when we have you on because we can have conversations we normally cannot have. So uh it's gonna be a great show for now. Let's get into a little news on the beat. Uh the mother to a non-binary customer attempting to fly with Delta Airlines alleges the airline is discriminating against them after she was unable to buy a plane ticket for them unless they inaccurately marked their gender as male or female while purchasing the ticket, despite the person having a valid passport with an X marker and a birth certificate also with an X gender marker. Delta in a statement said Delta Airlines told LGBTQ Nation in a statement that they are proud, longtime supporters of the LGBTQ community. And we understand that being seen and acknowledged is part of having an equitable travel experience. They've stated that they have begun the process of updating our booking systems to offer a non-binary gender option, which they expect to be available to customers during the fourth quarter of 2022. Uh, Our story has been revised to reflect Delta's statement. Now let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 39 in New York, 72 in LA, 61 in Vegas, 57 in Houston, 73 in Phoenix, 43 in Baltimore, and a high of 21 in Buffalo. Now, Dr. Jen Mann, if you'd be so kind and give us a vibe of the day. Okay, you're going to love this one. The degree to which a person can grow is directly proportional to the amount of truth they can accept about themselves without running away. Ugh. It's so good and it's so true. I'll tell you, my ego got smashed last year in therapy. Now this year we are (laughs) rebuilding. (laughs) I love that. And I always love whenever you tell me that I inspired you to get into therapy. And like, look, you know, obviously I've been a therapist for something like three decades now. Uh, You know, I also do therapy myself. All therapists are supposed to be doing therapy. And I just think that it is one of the absolute best ways to get to know yourself, to learn new tools, to learn new skills and and to grow. And I, and I think that, that there are a lot of people out there who are not ready to face truth about themselves. And it's very hard to grow and be a better person without that. Oh, listen, you absolutely inspired me last year. I wanted you to be my therapist. And you were like, no, girl, we're friends. I can't. So I went and got a therapist and it changed my life. I cannot recommend it enough and I'll never be able to thank you. So I'll just keep bringing you on the show to tell you on national radio. Uh, All right. Coming up, the Golden Globes happened, but they were completely private. Do you feel like you missed out? We have a list of the winners to keep you updated next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Good Q. morning. Welcome to The Morning Beat. Now, I'm so excited because Dr. Jen Mann is here with us this morning. Uh, AJ Gibson is out. And I love having you on for these big guy conversations because you're brilliant. This is what you do. And I, uh, I feel like the Golden Globes happened last night. MJ Rodriguez made history as the first trans woman to win a Golden Globe. Unfortunately, I feel like nobody knew that because they were completely private. And we're not sure if it's because they've been um, just criticized deeply uh, with cancel culture or because they've had to be canceled because of COVID. Either way, they did not happen yesterday. And I feel like it's kind of sad for the people that, uh, that won and were recognized for their talents. It's it's kind of like, you know, all of those people who like the athletes who are preparing to to go to the Olympics and then it 
it got canceled because of COVID or in, I think it was like 1980 when we were supposed to be in Russia and we couldn't go. So look, I feel for, like you said, these, these winners who like, this was their moment and they didn't get to share it with the world and share it in a, in a public way. I, I agree with you. Well, it looks pretty tough. Uh, just by looking at this article, best performance by an actor in a television series, Brian Cox for succession, Lee Jung Jae for squid game, Billy Porter pose, Jeremy Strong for Succession, Omar Sy, uh, Lupin, Jeremy Strong uh, won that round. I mean, uh, you talk about these shows, too. I feel like last year uh, and also in 2020, I watched so many of these, these shows, including, of course, like Squid Game. And it feels like years ago. I don't even remember that some of these shows only came out last year. No, I, I know. T- time, COVID time moves very differently. And I have to say... You know, I prior to COVID was not watching a lot of TV. And then I found that during COVID, I was doing such an inordinate amount of housework and that I, I to treat myself to kind of get through all of it. I started watching shows while I was doing housework. So I ended up watching a, a ton more shows and getting addicted to shows like Handmaid's Tales, one of my absolute favorites. Mm. I, have you seen that? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. But you know what? And oh, you told me to. I'm you obsessed. literally told me this the last time I saw it. You were like, if you don't watch that show. But I, yeah. when I got COVID, I also, I don't watch any TV. And when I do, it's sort of like trash TV to uh, bog out the anxiety and criticism I feel about myself. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> We will we'll have to discuss that as well. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but I will. But I, I watched like The Matrix for the first time, that whole series. I had so much yeah. time on my hands to just rest and watch. And I realized, you know, you kind of do miss out on not watching some of these programs because they're so good. They really make your mind think. I'll tell you, when I watched Squid Games, a lot of people couldn't watch it because it was so brutal. But I was like, oh, my God, it was so intense. Yeah, I watched the first, I think, two episodes of Squid Games, and, and then and then they kind of lost me. But but I thought the concept was was fascinating, really, really interesting. Well, best performance by an actress in a, tele- a television series, of course, MJ Rodriguez for Pose. Uh, best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture made for television, Michael Keaton. Uh, dope sick best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television Kate Winslet uh, from Mayor of Easttown so it was a good night for so many do you remember though when the Golden Globes was like the most magical event ever like on television the gowns were gorgeous it was such an honor I mean I remember Holly Berry winning Holly Berry I always say her name wrong always. And she looks so stunning standing there. It just really has changed so much. Yeah. I mean, look, those red carpet moments, you know, that, that, that's also half the fun, by the way. I mean, not, not, not to disregard enormous talent and the time and energy and effort it takes to go and and make these shows and films, but watching the red carpet is always just so much fun with these things. Well, do you think Dr. Jen man, that we even need awards shows anymore? Are we coming to a place where it just doesn't matter? Look, I don't know that it, matters when when you know we're looking at you know 
COVID deaths and like things like that. But at the same time, look, psychologically speaking, I think we do need rainbows and unicorns. I, I think that we do need something fun to look forward to, that we do need something kind of light and, you know, to be able to watch a star put on a beautiful dress and some diamonds and be able to look at it. I, I think that kind of it, it, we need some lightness in life right now. And, and I do think that something is what may appear to be as superficial as an award show, but it's also a recognition of someone's hard work and someone's dedication to their craft and someone really honing their craft. So, you know, I'm all for it. And and I think that, um, I think that excellence should be recognized. I think that that's a positive thing and, and an inspiring thing that helps people to inspire, to do more and to be creative. and, And I'm all for that. I love that outlook. I totally agree. I think it's great. And it gives people something to work towards. Just goals, you know. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, coming up, does exploring with BDSM mean anything when it comes to sexuality? Dr. Jen Mann continues with these conversations next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Now, I'm so honored to have Dr. Jen Mann on the show with us today. Also, our producer, Vanessa. It's girl power times three, and I love to see it. Um, And I love when we get to have big conversations because, you know, Dr. Jen, you have such big, amazing, important conversations when it comes to relationships. And you've advised me and Lisa on so many different things. You're very open about intimacy, exploring sexuality, understanding what uh, maybe is comfortable for the body. But this article uh, that was written by uh, gay sex columnist Dan Savage um, gave some pretty surprising advice to a married, straight-identifying man obsessed with kink. Now, the man said he's extremely kinky with an emphasis on extreme. To give an example, I love long-term and extremely restrictive bondage. Think full-body casts are getting locked up for an entire weekend. I'm a 32-year-old straight male who has been married for five years. In the last year, we opened up our marriage because my sexual desires were putting too much of a strain on the marriage. And so Dan said, uh, yeah, man, like it's all good. And um, I, look, I, I will say for me, I'm very, um, what is it when you're, I, I get like suffocated very easily. So like I, kink or not, do not lock me in a room. For, th- for a weekend to get off of me. Don't put a cast on me. I want Lisa, don't even try it. Okay, I'll have anxiety and I need to be able to breathe. But some people like this. Is this extreme? You know, I mean, look, each to his own. What's fascinating to me about this, uh, this person who called in or, or wrote in is that, first of all, like this fetish has created such a strain on his marriage that they've changed the way they operate their marriage and they've opened their marriage. Now, look, it's one thing to me if two people in a marriage say, hey, this is what we want to do. We're both on the same page. But that's very different as a therapist to me than when someone says your fetish is so severe and so draining and so stressful for our marriage that we need to reorient the way we construct our marriage. And to me, when we're talking about fetishes, like I am all for kink. I'm all for people enjoying things outside the box, so to speak. I'm all for that. Like, you know me, I'm super open-minded. But to me, when you have 
a dynamic in your relationship where something that you want sexually is creating such a strain in your relationship that your partner saying like, dude, I can't take this. Like, I, I like that to me, I think that's worth looking at. I think that that's worth saying what is going on? What is this symbolic of for me? You know, it also makes me wonder, is this guy able to have sex with his wife or his partner without the fetish? Because to me, that's the other thing when it comes to fetishes that what most people don't realize. And again, it's like, have fun, think outside the box, to have sex outside the box. I'm all for it. But when the only way you can have sex is the via your fetish, you're not having sex with your partner, you're having sex with your fetish. And, and to me, that's an important thing to differentiate. And that's something that can actually do harm to the relationship as opposed to be a fun thing that both of you share. You know, you shared something with me that was so incredible. I think it was last year. It was a conversation about threesomes. And mm-hmm. you said, you know, listen, if you if you do or if you don't, understand that it's like, very, very tricky. And although it sounds really fun and it sounds really cool, it's not always great for the relationship. And I think that that's something that has really stuck with me and probably our listeners as well, because fantasies always sound so good, but it's, it really is so different. I think when you really take it to the bedroom and also, you know, maybe you're just not being fully satisfied and that's why you want the threesome. But with this, this is more physical. Is there, is there, is there something, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude, not dysfunctional, but are there underlying problems when somebody wants this extreme kink, like being locked up for a weekend? It feels a little bit abusive. Well, look, I I think that it's always worth any time you have a kink that's extreme or look, any kink, look, even if you can only have sex in one position, anytime there's something that is impacting your relationship and the way you have sex, I think it's important to take a look at it and to do a deeper dive, to be able to say like, is this a result of trauma? Is this a result of a sexual experience that I had that left an imprint? You know, Esther Perel says, tell me, tell me the way you have sex and I'll tell you all about your childhood. And a lot of the time people don't want to but it's so true. Like there's so much that we play out in our bedrooms with our partners or people we're sleeping with that has more to do with our psychology and our history and our trauma and our unresolved stuff. And look, some of it can be fun. Like, but at the same time, if, if something is this extreme as this, this fetish guy where it's impacting your relationship. Again, you want to take a look at it. Is it a result of trauma? It might be, it might not be, but here's what I can tell you. His wife feels that this is such a burden on their relationship that she can't meet his needs and doesn't want to anymore. And to me, that's a huge red flag for him and also for their relationship. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for your insight, Dr. Jen, man. It's always so brilliant. Now, coming up in What's Poppin', devastating news, shocking news coming out of the comedy community. Bob Saget, dead at 65. We've got the details in the statement coming from his family coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Channel Q. All right, so we uh, are still mourning the loss of Betty White, 99 years old. Her birthday is coming up this weekend. She would have been 100 years old. And now the comedy world is taking yet another hit. And we've got that for you in What's Poppin'. Yesterday, we found out about the sudden loss of beloved actor Bob Saget. The comedian was found unresponsive in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando yesterday afternoon and pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, Shortly after the news of the full house star's death, celebrities who were both fans and friends expressed their grief over his passing in an outpouring of heartfelt tributes shared on social media. Saget's longtime co-star John Stamos tweeted, I am broken. I am gutted. I am incomplete and under shock. I will never, ever have another friend like him. I love you so much, Bobby. Also, Cameron, uh, I'm sorry, Candace Cameron Bray said, I don't know what to say. I have no words. Bob was one of the best human beings I've ever known in my life. I loved him so much. Uh, And for the cast, it's probably devastating because they just had that reboot of Fuller House. So they've spent quite a bit of time together. It's not like when they were just together in the 90s. Um, Did you ever get a chance to meet him, Dr. Jen? I never met him. I met Candace because I did a sports psych thing for uh, Dancing with the Stars when she was on many years ago. Uh, I never met him. Did you ever meet him? No, I I never got to personally meet him. I hosted a comedy festival years ago and he was there and he was really wonderful and so funny. But, you know, it's really so sad because 65 is really young. And it's very I, yeah. I, I feel like maybe we won't have any more details. The family did come out with this statement, obviously just asking for respect. At this time, he left two kids, uh, two adult kids, um, and of course his wife and his ex-wife, um, who all said that he was just absolutely wonderful. This is shocking and devastating. Sometimes I feel like those kind of deaths are are the worst, though, because probably painless for him, you know, God willing. And like you said, what better place to go than at the Ritz-Carlton? With all seriousness, I I feel like for the family, it's so traumatizing to just have it happen so out of the blue. 
you know, it's interesting. I was talking about death with my rabbi, of all people, um, like probably a few months back. And one of the things we were talking about was the difference between when somebody dies very suddenly like this versus when someone is ill for a long period of time. And, and then they pass away. And we were talking about the grief process for the people around them. And he said something that was fascinating to me, and which I, I, as a therapist, see all the time and agree with that, that he said, you know, sometimes he thinks about like, if grief is like 100 points, and you have 100 points of grieving to do that when someone dies very suddenly, you do all of it after they've died. Whereas when someone is ill for a long period of time, you may do like, 50 points before and then 50 points afterwards. But what he said was we all end up grieving the same amount. It just, it, it gets divided before and after the person passes differently. So I'm sure that this is such a shock for them and so intense. I'm sure they're in a very acute state of grieving because this was so unexpected and so shocking. Absolutely. Well, we send um, our love and condolences to Bob Saget's family. Now, coming up, it's Money Mondays. We're joined with Daniela Flores, the creator and founder of the award-winning blog and online side hustle resource platform, How to Take Advantage of a Side Hustle for the New Year. Listen, I love money, and I love to make more of it. We'll find out how next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Happy Monday. I feel so excited because we have the pleasure of having Dr. Jen Mann on guest hosting today. And I have to tell you, Dr. Jen, as we're going into the new year, we all want to make these New Year's resolutions. A lot of us are just starting therapy for the first time. I started last year after you... Well, you told me to go and I wanted to listen to you and I did. And um, I also... <laughs> I also read uh, The Relationship Fix, which is a book that I got that you wrote. Uh, it's your six-step guide to improving communication, connection, and intimacy. And I cannot recommend it enough. I feel like you changed uh, my life and looking at it from exactly a year ago today. I'm so grateful to have you joining us because I think that uh, you benefit so many people. Thank you. I really tried to make the book like a year of couples therapy and individual therapy with me for people who really want to up their relationship game, who even for people who their relationship is working and is doing well, like you and Lisa, but there's a whole other level that you can take it to. And also for people who aren't in a relationship who are like, you know what, I want to do things differently, but I don't even know where to start. What should I be looking for a new partner? What should I be working on with myself? And, and I really wanted it to be like a year of therapy with me. Yeah, I love that. You know, it always feels so surreal because I remember watching you religiously on VH1 Couples Therapy and then to be able to like be your friend and sit with you. I'm like, Hi, still. I'm like, ah, I love it. So I uh, do uh, get Dr. Jen Mann's book. I can't say it enough. Also, you have a really great um, InStyle Magazine column, which is so, so fabulous that we have all this access to you and access essentially to th- to free therapy. It's it's not too expensive for anybody. You can, If you need help, you can get it. And that's because of you. My pleasure. And I always love coming here and and answering questions and talking with you. And it's always a blast to be here on Channel Q. 
I love it too. Thank you so much. Well, coming up this hour, it's Money Mondays. We're talking with Daniela Flores, the creator and founder of the award-winning blog and online side hustle resource platform. Maybe you want to make a little money or take advantage of a side hustle this year. So she's going to join us on how to do that. And then also new uh, news is coming out with Colton Underwood and his boyfriend. And we'll have that for you. But for now, it's a little news on the beat. Out American Idol singer Clay Aiken announces second bid for Congress. Uh, This is interesting. It'll be the second time the North Carolina native has sought a seat in the House of Representatives. Whoever wins the primary is expected to win the general election in the strongly Democratic district. Now, Aiken lost a run in 2014 to Representative Renee Elmers. Elmers was the first congresswoman to endorse Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Aiken, however, has been a vocal critic of Trump. The people in the triangle gave me the platform that I have, and I want to use it to give back to them. I want to be a loud voice for the triangle when I get to Congress. I will tell you that. And we need a big voice. It's so funny because I'm friends with Clay, and I know that he's been really passionate about this for some time. But I don't always know if it makes sense for celebrities, essentially, or artists to run for Congress. How do you feel about that? You know, I mean, look, I think that it is very possible to change your focus in your life. I think that in this day and age, we live many different lives career-wise. You know, it's not like the 1940s where you worked at the, you know, the same accountant firm for your whole life and then retired after decades. I think that we can have a lot of different careers But I do think that being a politician is a full-time job, that if you're going to do that, that that needs to be your complete focus because you're being of service. It it is a job of service and it is a full-time job and a demanding full-time job. So I think that if he is really doing this and is he needs to give it his all and that would need to if he were to win, that needs to be as 100% focus. Absolutely. All right, well, another news, California Governor Gavin Newsom's administration said it was asking the state legislature for $2.7 billion in emergency funding to fight the surge in COVID-19 cases tied to the Omicron variant. Uh, The request comes a day after Newsom activated 200 California National Guard members to help bolster testing facilities. Additional Guard members are expected to be deployed next week. From day one, California has taken swift and direct action to battle COVID-19 with policies that have saved tens of thousands of lives. But there's more work to be done, said Newsom. Our proposed COVID-19 emergency response package will support our testing capacity, accelerate vaccine and booster efforts, support frontline workers and healthcare systems, and battle misinformation with a focus on the hardest hit communities. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 23 in Buffalo, 18 in Chicago, 25 in Cleveland, 61 in Sacramento, 73 in La Quinta, and 73 in Cathedral City. Now, Dr. Jen, would you give us a vibe of the day? Absolutely. Your apology needs to be as loud as your disrespect was. Yeah, love that, Dr. Jen. You know, know, we all make mistakes. We hurt the people we love. Hopefully they're not big mistakes, but knowing how to make amends is a really important part of having a successful relationship and being able to heal things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, coming up, we are joined for Money Mondays with Daniela Flores. They're going to teach you how to take full advantage of your side hustle for the new year coming up.
The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Now coming into the new year, we've got big goals. My birthday's this Friday. I've got even bigger goals. I want to be rich, honey. Now I feel very rich emotionally being joined with Dr. Jen Mann because she literally keeps me together. She forced me into therapy and now I'm living my best life. But I want to know how to financially win as well, which is why we've created this segment, Money Mondays, to help us and our listeners just win big. So we're joined today with Daniela Flores, the creator and founder of the award-winning blog and online side hustle resource platform, ilikedodabble.com. Daniela, how are you? It's so good to talk to you again. Hi, good morning. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great, but I want to know how to make that money, honey. So give us the details. Yes. Yeah, so in 2022, if you want to start a side hustle or just find any other way to make money online, the first thing is don't limit your limit yourself to the possibilities out there. There are so many different ways with the gig economy, especially freelance websites too, and even online content creation avenues as well, like TikTok, YouTube, blogging, podcasting, and more. Um, but be sure to watch out for scams like MLMs and pyramid schemes. That's definitely a good note to put out there. Um, I want to tell you, it's funny that you bring up TikTok because I have a couple of friends that have actually quit their jobs and become full TikTok creators, content creators. But I think it has to start, uh, you know, as, as just some sort of idea at first. And that feels really scary. How do you start this side hustle? And then when do you know maybe it's time to go to go full-fledged? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that you've come up with the idea to start off, that can look a lot of different ways depending on the person. How I like to help my clients is with a good old-fashioned brain dump starting out and how that works is just thinking of all your skills, experience, the things that you've done over your lifetime and years, and not to limit it, not to, limit it to only per- professional experience either. I mean, brain dump that all on a piece of paper along with ideas that you have or ideas that you've seen other do, others do. And then you go to that list and you think about what actually brings you like excitement, curiosity, what you would be really excited and, you know, enjoy to work to be working on. And then you go ahead and cross those things out that, you know, you feel kind of meh about because if, if it's not fun, then what's the point of doing it? <laughs> um, and then you kind of go through that list again and then you kind of hone down into your idea. You might also have to go out there and try a couple of things to see what you like. Um, and that's where a lot of those TikTok people have kind of started, too. They just sort of started trying out different things and seeing what their audience resonated with, and they went from there. That's amazing. Dr. Jenman, you've got uh, two 14-year-old daughters that are so brilliant, so beautiful, um, and they kind of come, uh, uh, they're kind of familiar with, like, TikTok and all this social media. Do your girls have side hustles and uh, side hustles? Why can I speak? Side hustles. <laughs> and how early is too early? Um, you know, I mean, they're actually 15 now, believe it or oh my not. Oh, one of them has, has already started a side hustle and she is doing some stuff related to Instagram for um, someone who has a very popular Instagram and is, is helping kind of respond to, um, to followers. And so, yeah, she's, and when she started to kind of, I taught her how to put together a bill for her services. And when she saw the hours add up, she was like, oh, wow, like that, like this, I could actually make some money, which is, is really cool. And I think it's, I think it's particularly great to, 
uh, have our daughters see how to make money. I think that that a lot of the time, um, you know, the risk of sounding like, you know, addressing gender stereotypes, but I think that boys tend to be taught earlier about finances from, you know, my generation and, and older. And I think it's particularly important that girls are being taught this. And I, and I, and I love your website and I, and I love the idea of the side hustle. And I, and also one of the things when I went on your, your website that I really loved is, is how you talked about doing multiple different things. I think you said that you do have 12 different sources of income. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is that is correct. Um, they are kind of like enrolled in, into one entity or a couple of different energy entities. So I'm not out there doing 12 different side hustles. But yes, that is correct. I think but, that's but I, great. I think it's really smart because you don't want to be putting all your, your eggs in one basket. And one thing I think that COVID has taught us is that the more ways we have to earn money, if something happens to one of our primary sources of income, like a lot of people who worked in restaurants that were then closed were in a terrible position where financially. And, and, I, and I think that there is a lot to be said for having multiple streams of income. Oh, right. That, that's absolutely correct. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially during this, the age of COVID or, you know, how I, I hate to say it like that. But yeah, it's, yeah, this time has been one of those times where side hustles have really um, kind of skyrocketed among teenagers, among young adults, and even like the 30s, 40s and 50s crowd. Well, if you're just tuning yeah. in, we're with Daniela Flores, the creator and founder of the award winning blog and online side hustle resource platform. I like to dabble dot com. Make sure to go there. You know, we've got just a couple seconds left. Daniela, what is the number one tip you have for people listening that really want to take advantage of their side hustle? Ooh, start where you are with what you have and, you know, look, use those people that you already follow online that you really admire and you want to be doing things like them. Follow them, support them, engage with them, maybe even try collaborating with them. That'd be a great way to start off. So smart. Thank you so much for joining us, Daniela. Thank you. Have a great morning and, you know, happy Monday. Happy happy Monday. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. Okay. on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Okay, Dr. Jen. So as you know, we had to wake up super early to do this show today. And it's very different than the lifestyle I had just a few years ago when I'd actually go to bed at 4 a.m. Now I'm waking up <laughs> at 4 a.m. When I uh, had a show in Vegas with my partner, Lisa, who's also a really big DJ in Vegas. And I remember just the way I'm treated, oddly enough, is very different. When I used to go to bed at 4 a.m. from like gigging and then start my day at like 12 in the afternoon, people I felt like were a little bit judgy. And when I tell people now, oh, yeah, I wake up at 4.30, so I have to go to 8 p.m., I'm looked at as like incredibly responsible. And I saw this post. It said, I'm trying to get to the bottom of why we associate rising early with moral goodness. If I get up at 10 a.m. and work till 2 in the morning, I'm lazy. If I get up at 5 a.m. and work till 6 p.m. and go to bed at 8, I'm a good person. Uh, Sleeping in to get enough rest equals self-indulgent. Going to bed 
bed early to get enough rest equals gold medal. Why yeah. are we talking about this, and is there any truth? So I, I want to ask you, what is that? Well, look, I think that how we feel about sleep and what time we go to bed and wake up is very, very complicated. I do think that there is a certain kind of puritanical kind of, um, you know, early to rise, early to bed, like belief system that we have all sort of been indoctrinated into to some extent. And, you know, interestingly, I took a master class about sleep by Matthew Walker. And one of the things that he talked about that I found to be particularly interesting is he says that 25% of us are night owls, 25% of us are morning birds, and then everyone else, the other 50% is something in the middle. And that for people who are naturally, their biorhythm is, you know, being a nighttime person or a morning person, that we are best served by following that biorhythm and consistently doing that. And that if you're someone who is um, a late night person, that having a job ideally, or if you own a company, allowing workers to kind of work in the shifts that are best for their sleep cycles is actually much healthier. It's better for people's well-being. It's better for, you know, everything from like traffic accidents to immune systems to all of that sort of stuff, which I, I found fascinating as someone who, by the way, is a night owl. I and mean, we started out the show before we were on air where I said to Vanessa, I was like, yeah, I was up until two something in the morning oh. last night. I hear that. If you're just tuning in, we're joined with uh, Dr. Jen Mann. She's our fabulous guest host. Also, do run, don't walk to get the relationship fix. Her book out now. Um, I know it's it's. I feel like Lisa has my partner has been really wonderful because when my schedule changed, hers drastically also changed. Going to bed for me at eight p.m. meant yeah. that she goes to bed now at eight p.m. because we want to spend time together and um, you know also with. Uh, COVID, the DJ gigs are different now, you know, so she kind of has the luxury to do so. But I am a night owl. I could stay up all night long raging. I mean, not doing anything, just like working. Um, You, yeah. And you too, apparently. So we should actually, maybe we should start our morning show. I've written now three adult books, one children's book, every book I've written I basically wrote it from somewhere between when my kids went to sleep, depending on their age, until like between 2 and 4 a.m. So, yeah, no, I I am 100% on the same page as you. And I do think that it's very complicated. We have a lot of judgment. And I think that the I think the world is just starting to change and reexamine this about sort of what our sleep cycles are and what it means and what good sleep hygiene is. And, you know, there, there are now people who are sleep experts, you know, not just for children. And and you find that when you have a, a baby who is learning to sleep and, you know, like I have a, one of my dear friends, Jill Spivak is a very well-known sleep expert in Los Angeles for children. And you start to really look at your own sleep habits and kind of how do you help create good sleep habits for your kids. And by the way, in COVID, all of our sleep habits kind of went out the window. Like, you know, my, my daughters and I joke that one of my daughters is a natural night owl like me. And the other was always a morning lark. Like she was in bed early and, and up, bright and early with a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
me and her sister, who in the morning uh, are a little on the crankier side. And we always joke that in COVID, we broke her because now she's up till two in the morning. And she wants to in later. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm happy that we uh, we're starting to normalize being a night owl and and whatever sleep schedule works for people is the most important. You're getting the same amount of work done. You're not hurting anybody. I think it's great. Now, coming up, Colton Underwood and his boyfriend just hit a major milestone. But is it too early in the relationship? We'll discuss in what's popping. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. One thing I love about having a guest host is that it's Dr. Jen Mann that we learn so much from. And this story, I want to know your take. Uh, it's our What's Poppin'. Colton Underwood and his boyfriend, Jordan C. Brown, have taken their relationship to the next level. After going public with their relationship early last month, the former Bachelor star and his political strategist, Bo, are all set to move in together after purchasing a $3 million home in L.A. He said, I'm happy, I'm in love, and I'm in a good position, and this is what we want to do. However, some people are criticizing the couple. One, because uh, his boyfriend, Jordan, is quite a few years older than him. And two, they seem pretty new to be making um, such a milestone in their relationship. What do you think about this, Dr. Jen? Do we know how long they've been together? I think just a few months. Okay, look, here's my bias. The first, I'd say 18 months, typically of a relationship is the honeymoon period. So I like to see people get past that 18 months because at the beginning of a relationship, the, that honeymoon period, it, it is all about, our brains are wired to only see how we are alike to, you know, our brains are releasing all of that oxytocin, all of those endorphins. We are basically on like a chemical high when we fall in love with someone. And it takes a good year for that to dissipate physiologically. And typically about, you know, anywhere from six months to 18 months, I like to wait the 18 months before you really know what's going on. And the next stage of a relationship is typically the negotiation stage. And that's where couples figure out how do we handle disagreements? How do we handle anger in our relationship? Where are we different? Where are we alike? Where do we have to compromise? How do we do that? And that's really important stuff for a relationship. So to me, to purchase a multi-million dollar home a few months into a relationship, I would be concerned if this was, you know, my, a, a dear friend of mine or someone I was close to, like, I would be just concerned about kind of being so impulsive about it. And, and I think it's exciting and wonderful. I love new love. I am, I am a romantic at heart, but I'm also, I've been a therapist for almost three decades. And I also know sort of, how important it is to get past that honeymoon stage. Every lesbian right now is shrieking because we have all moved in day one. Everyone, every lesbian, me, it's me. I'm the lesbian. I'm like, I literally moved in with Lisa right after I met her and I never left. I was like, love me, Lisa, now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, this is beautiful. Love it. You've also talked very publicly about the struggles you've had in your relationship. And, you know, when we tend to do that, we kind of, we are putting the relationship, we're kind of, it's giving it 
a lot of premature sort of um, responsibilities and like it's putting us in a position where it, it's kind of like it's tend to be we tend to be better off when we can deal with these emotional things and figure them out in the first stage and then move into the second stage and you guys ended up probably doing it the other way and i think you had a lot of growing pains as a result dr jen man how are you going to drag me on my own show you i am obsessed with i love you so much it's so true because it was totally unhealthy i look back and i'm like what was i doing but it did make us better in the end i adore you dr jen uh you can and, more- and also i think the fact that you're doing therapy that you've talked about very publicly i think that both of you are clearly willing to do the hard work it takes to make a relationship healthy and good and strong. Like, look, I bet on you guys any day. Mm. And it's largely because you're willing to do that. You're willing to, when you saw that you had growth pains in your relationship, you were willing to self-examine and and to do that work, both of you. And that, and that says a lot. I appreciate you so much. I will say this is not even, I'm not even trying to plug or say anything or an ad or ask. It really was so much help with the Relationship Fix, the book that you wrote. Uh, it's just helped us communicate so much, which was our biggest issue. And so it did all work out in the end. So as far as Colton Underwood, I mean, if you're happy, do your thing. Um, and uh, And congratulations on the new house. I mean... That's a really exciting thing. The house looks beautiful. All right, coming up, uh, we're talking New Year and diets. Are diets a good idea? We have a registered dietitian and nutritional counselor counselor joining us to discuss next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Happy Monday. We are talking New Year and diets. Are diets a good idea? Uh, We'll be joined with registered dietitian and nutritional counselor this hour. We're also joined with our guest host, Dr. Jen Mann. Now, Dr. Jen, I want to ask you, are you a bougie gal or will you drink your alcohol from anywhere? Um, you know, I don't drink a lot. So when I drink, I'd like it to be good. I'm more about like kind of like a mixed cocktail. And in COVID, I learned how to actually make a good mixed drink. So um, I, I would say I'm, I'm probably a little more on the bougie side. Okay. How about you? I like that. No, I'll I'll drink it. I don't really care. I don't think there's a difference. But it's because I have some insight that I'm going to share with you this hour as well. And then in What's Poppin', uh, a celebrity's daughter has come out of the closet. And we'll have those details for you. But first, let's do a little news on the beat. Uh, The mother to a non-binary customer attempting to fly with Delta Airlines alleges the airline is discriminating against them after she was unable to buy a plane ticket for them unless they inaccurately marked their gender as male or female while purchasing the ticket despite the person having a valid passport with an X marker and a birth certificate also with an X gender marker. Delta Airlines told LGBTQ Nation in a statement that they are a proud longtime supporter of the LGBTQ community and we understand that being seen and acknowledged is part of having an equitable travel experience. They have stated that they have begun the process of updating our booking systems to offer a non-binary gender option which they expect to be available to customers during the fourth quarter of 2022. Uh, Our story has been revised to reflect Delta's statement. 
Now, another new software engineering manager, Amy Schneider, on Friday became the first woman to surpass a million dollars on Jeopardy. She's the show's fourth contestant to reach that amount. Schneider hit the million mark on her 28th game. Now, during the show, she was able to win a little over $42,000. She's now won a total of $1,019,001. It's not a sum of money I ever anticipated would be associated with my name, Schneider said in a release. Uh, the Times notes that reaching a million dollars is no easy feat. Uh, Ken Jennings was the first to do so in 2004. After 30 games. You know, though, Dr. Jen, it's interesting, uh, and then I'll go into some weather. Maybe it's because Ken Jennings was able to do so because there's just so many different ways to learn and so many ways to find answers now than there was 30 years ago. You can really prepare yourself differently for a game of Jeopardy, you think? You know, I, I think you bring up a really great point, and it's really exciting to see a woman win this kind of money. Absolutely. I, I, Go off, Queen. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 73 in Cathedral City, 36 in St. Louis, 18 in Chicago, 52 in Atlanta, 73 in Phoenix, 41 in Kansas City, 61 in Vegas, 73 in Palm Springs, and 72 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. Stop trying to create something in someone that doesn't exist. Sometimes you just got to accept the fact that they aren't capable of being who you need them to be. Ugh, it's a hard truth, but it's definitely the truth. All right, coming up, we are talking with uh, Abby. Is it Langer? I'll find out when I uh, read it again. Uh, Registered dietitian and nutritional counselor. Talking about our diets, a good idea. Uh, And also Dr. Jen's fabulous new app, No More Diets, which I couldn't agree with more. Take that pressure off. Coming up. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Okay, so it's a new year and many people often think that's the perfect time to start new diets. But for somebody like me, it feels a little bit triggering. I mean, I dealt with eating disorders uh, growing up, wanting to meet all of these expectations. And I just feel like when I do New Year's resolutions that include any kind of dieting, it automatically puts me in a position where I feel like I could drop the ball or mess up. It's just unnecessary pressure. And so I'm so excited to not only be joined with our guest host today, Dr. Jen Mann, who knows all about this. She has her app, No More Diet. Uh, no More Diets. You can find it on the App Store uh, and is also available for Androids. We are joined also with registered dietitian and nutritional counselor, Abby Langer. Um, good morning, Abby. Welcome to the show. So why why are we trying to, well, what are your thoughts on diet culture? You know, diet culture is inescapable, unfortunately. It's just, it, it, it's just everywhere we look. And I think it's causing more harm than good. I, I totally agree. I, I think that there's been a conversation where people will say, well, you don't want to promote, you know, obesity or an unhealthy eating. Um, but I think that there's a huge difference between eating healthy and dieting. So how do you differentiate that? You know, I think what people fail to to realize when they say things like that is that you aren't supposed to exchange one type of wellness for another. So 
And, and in saying that, I mean, why are people sacrificing their psychological wellness for the physical? It shouldn't be one or the other. And, you know, while I'm not saying, you know, everyone should just eat whatever they want and, you know, and, and weight does not, is not in any way associated with health, I'm also saying, why are we... Um, pushing our psychological uh, wellness and health to the back burner in favor of meeting somebody else's ex- or society's expectations for the way our body should look. And, and I, I would even take it a step further and say that when we do make those kind of sacrifices, they backfire and they actually hurt our health because typically we then end up overeating because we've deprived ourselves so much that then then we're out of control when we're faced with foods that we love and that are fun and that we end up doing a lot of damage to our our physical well-being. So can I ask? Yeah, completely. Sorry, I agree with that. No, Abby, of course. Thank you. Uh, We are joined with registered dietitian and nutritional counselor, Abby Langer. So Abby, how do we start training our brain what do those steps look like if today we're like okay today is the day i'm going to uh try to do things differently you know i i people as as a dietitian when people see what i do they always think you know here comes a dietitian she's going to tell me what to eat what not to eat but i always start with um a person's relationship to food and their bodies. So why do you want to go on this diet? How do you feel about your body? If you don't take care of those things first, there's no way, excuse me, that you can take care of the nutrition stuff. So I start with the psychology behind why you feel compelled to go on so many diets and like what that diet is going to do to you in the long run. Well, you know, what's interesting uh, speaking of relationships with food and I, I have an interesting relationship with food, which um, I'll talk about at some point, but I had COVID just a few weeks ago and I totally lost my sense of taste and smell. Oh. And oh. most people are like, well, I don't want to eat because you know, you can't taste it. I never ate more and I couldn't taste a thing. And I was like, girl, what are you doing? Um, and it's, and as funny as it is, I really was like, girl, what are you doing? Like you can was it out of boredom? Like I, it, it, there's an interesting relationship there. It, it must be. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure what was going on there, but you know, given your history, um, maybe it had to do with something around that. Yeah, I think it's just a great point. I think that's something really important to look at. Uh, Dr. Jen, uh, you know, you've probably worked with people that have had eating disorders as well or or have different relationships with food. You have your app, No More Diets. Uh, What do you think? Well, look, I think that that we associate food with comfort. And when we're sick, we want comfort and we we want to, um, we want kind of, a hug in the form of food a lot of the time. And, you know, there, there's no mistake that we, there's a reason why we have foods called comfort foods. And that when, when we are ill, that we, we do tend to kind of revert back to that. And look, the, the earliest comfort we receive is when we are fed as a baby and we're, we're held and, and, you know, whether it's breast milk or a bottle, we have a lot of uh, associations that are very positive in that way and comforting. That totally makes sense. I, yeah, a thousand percent. Maybe we were just looking for some comfort. Well, according to this article, uh, it says that you can begin with a pre-meal warm-up in trying to start eating well. Uh, so before every meal, 
this week you can just have a few um a, a few little meals of like a little snack so that you don't overindulge do you find that overindulging is sort of the first mistake when trying to eat healthy uh i'll ask you uh, abby langer please I think overindulging is normal sometimes, but when someone does it very often, it's it's often not about the food. It's about other stuff. And so, you know, having little pre-meal snacks or whatnot to stop that, I think, you know, I, I really think you have to look at the reasons behind why you're overeating. And that can often get you to the point where you can fix that sort of behavior if it needs to be fixed. Like, are you skipping meals? Are you in sort of a feast or famine um, rotation, if you will, with your eating habits? Are you a chronic dieter? Those often lead to overindulging. And so you have to look behind, you know, all of those behaviors and see what's really the cause. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I think that that uh, it, it totally makes sense. It seems like it's more of a psychological thing. But as if we can just get rid of diets altogether, stop putting pressure on ourselves. I think that's the most important, but still eating healthy. Uh, Abby Langer, thank you so much for joining us, having this conversation with us. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Coming up, do you buy your alcohol at Costco and do brands matter to you? One TikToker is saying it's all the same. They went viral. Find out if this makes sense to you next. That Grey Goose you love so much? Yeah, they make Kirkland Vodka. Kirkland Bourbon and Rum are produced by Jim Beam in Kentucky. And Kirkland Tequila is made in the same distillery as the Cielo brand. Okay, we're talking brand queen, honey. Do you care where you get your alcohol from? Now, a TikTok star went viral saying it all is the same thing. And I will be honest, Dr. Jen, my girlfriend, Lisa, was a big DJ in Vegas. So we used to get bottle service all the time. And when I realized people spend thousands of dollars on a bottle that is literally $30 at Costco. I was blown away. But are you bougie girl? Do you care if it's Grey Goose or Smirnoff? What do you think? I'm a little on the bougie side. I'm not a big drinker. So when I drink, I tend to want to do like really do it nicely. So yeah, I've probably been completely duped when it comes to this. And um, I'm gonna have to hit Costco with you um, as soon as we are able to uh, go out and COVID allows us to go hang out at Costco. Yeah, well, listen, I've got your back because we found this out. A TikTok star is showing the Costco 
hack. Her name is Viv. She now has received 3.5 million views. And she wow. said, You do know that Costco's Kirkland booze is all made by famous distillers, right? Viv asked in the TikTok. She then asserted that Kirkland bourbon is produced by Jim Beam in Kentucky and its tequila is made by Cielo. Now, there's been a long standing rumor that Grey Goose and Kirkland brand vodka are the same product, just in different bottles. In 2020, a representative for Grey Goose for Grey Goose did deny that claim. However, it does make you think. I mean, even with you know designer bags, like people spend thousands of dollars on a purse when you can get an equally great purse for thirty dollars, but you're just paying for the designer label. For sure, for sure. And and it, look, it, it certainly does sound like this is one of those cases now. Look, whether it's made at the same distillery or not, are they using the same ingredients? Who knows? But, um, you know, look, it certainly makes a, a, an interesting case that it's made at the same distillery. Why, why would it be different ingredients? Yeah, but also... And- Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying I I think that uh, also it kind of does make a difference because I get really hungover when I have like, quote unquote, well liquor as opposed to higher made liquor. Sure. And and look, I mean, I'm no liquor expert by any means, but I've heard that by by plenty of other people in, in my private practice as well as my friends. Yeah. Well, listen, if you want to go to Costco, first of all, I love Costco, by the way. I went a couple weeks ago and I don't know if you know this about me, Dr. Jen. I've never really been to Costco. This was like my second real adult outing. And I got the coziest leopard pajamas that I've been living my life in. I got a piece of pizza from there. Like Costco legitimately has everything. This is also not an ad. I'm just obsessed. Yeah. And didn't you tell me that those are that those pajamas are onesies? Yeah, they're onesies. I'm just running okay. around. <laughs> but I want to know, how do you pee? Well, Dr. Jen, if you must know, I take that beautiful zipper. I zip it all the way down. I get completely naked. I'm freezing cold because I've just went from warmth to freezing. I yeah. sit there looking at myself with shame in the mirror as I stare at my naked body. I get back up. I zip it up. And then I remind Lisa why she's in love with me with all the sex appeal I exude. But but then how do you make sure that the onesie does not hit the floor in front of the toilet? Dr. Jen, it's at my ankles. I'm t- completely naked and not like a yeah. cool, hot naked. Like yeah. there's, it's like <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like thinking about my life. I have onesie pajamas at my ankles and I'm just like reevaluating. Look, I am, I love the idea of a onesie. I think that they are actually super cute. I, I like when I see people in pictures of onesies, but I cannot, I, I cannot do the fully naked, like you're warm and cozy one minute, you're fully naked and it's freezing cold the next moment and you're 
holding the onesie to prevent it from hitting the floor. But that's just me. And like, look, my own neuroses, even therapists have their own. (laughs) And and that that's one I couldn't do. Listen, there's probably an issue there too. a 34 year old woman wearing a baby onesie. That doesn't scream parent issues. I think it's fabulous. Thank you so much. I think it's adorable. I think you're going to need to post pictures of you in the onesie on your Instagram pretty much immediately. I think the next time you wear it, there needs to be lots of photos. Holding a bottle of Kirkland vodka. Yeah. It's perfect. I put that photo right away. (laughs) Done. Happening. All right. Coming up in What's Poppin', one major celebrity's daughter has come out saying she's just attracted to people. Find out who it is next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right. It's time for a little What's Poppin'. So here's the tea. Reese Witherspoon's daughter, uh, Ava Felipe, was on Instagram answering questions from her almost million uh, followers. And somebody asked, do you like boys or girls? She responded with, I'm attracted to people. Gender is whatever. Now, I know that we've had this conversation before, uh, me and you, Dr. Jen, because you have now 15 year olds and kind of coming out this early sort of seems to be the thing but it's not really coming out everyone's just sort of like I like who I like and that's the end of that and and I have to say I do think that there is a younger generation like them that they're growing up in a much more open world where people talk about their sexuality where people question their sexuality where people are just kind of more accepting and flexible and and I think it's a beautiful thing absolutely I totally agree I think it's so great um and I I hope that's really uh gonna start being the thing that just it doesn't matter because you know Reese was speaking in an interview uh two years ago where she said I didn't even know what being gay was growing up in Tennessee. My grandparents didn't have the conversation with me. My parents didn't have the conversation with me. Uh, It wasn't until I was in an audition in L.A. where I realized being gay was like a sexual preference. Like that was a that was how people identified. And so to see how Reese grew up, to see Ava, it looks like we're making major changes. And I'm just happy to see it. All right. Absolutely. Now, coming up in our final hour, uh, we're talking Dr. Jen has 10 commitments to make to ourselves in the new year. And I can't wait to hear what they are. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right, we're coming to our final hour here on The Morning Beat, but it's been such a great show so far. I always love having our guest, uh, Dr. Jen Mann, on with us. It's a perfect way to start a Monday, and I'm so excited because you have really, really great tips uh, for people to be the bet their best selves in the new year. And I will say, I, I can't stop saying it enough, you really are the reason that I got into therapy. And because I respect and love you so much, I really wanted to uh, stay disciplined and do so. And a year later, I feel so incredible. But we still have so many things that we could all work on. And you're going to give us a little insight on that. Um, uh, for the new year, are you? Mm-hmm. Give us those tips. 
Okay. Yes. I ha- I have some. Oh, no, uh, not right now. Def- not right now. We're just letting them th- know that it's coming up. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. If you guys understand, we are Zooming. It's actually kind of iconic how we're doing it. Yeah. Dr. Jen is Zooming in. I'm in studio and we're staring at each other through this little computer screen. And so there's sometimes a delay. So I'll go to say something and then she'll go to say something, but we don't know what's happening yet. So we're working, we're working through it. And I'm so grateful that you, that we're doing it. But I am very excited to share my 10 commitments to make yourself to make to yourself for the new year, which I posted on my Instagram, which are things that are not the typical superficial, like, oh, this is what you should eat. This is what you should do kind of stuff that go a lot deeper. And I, and I think that, that listeners will really connect with a lot of these tips. Absolutely. So let's get right into news on the beat so we can get some of those tips. Uh, software engineering manager Amy Schneider on Friday became the first woman to surpass a million dollars on Jeopardy. She's the show's fourth contestant to reach that amount. Schneider hit the million mark on her 28th game. During the show, she was able to win a little over $42,000. She now has won a total of $1,019,001. She said, it's not a sum of money I ever anticipated would be associated with my name. Uh, The Times notes that reaching a million dollars is no easy feat. Ken Jennings was the first to do so in 2004 after 30 games. All right, another news out American Idol singer Clay Aiken announces second bid for Congress. Uh, it'll be the second time the North Carolina native has sought a seat in the House of Representatives. Whoever wins the primary is expected to win the general election in the strongly Democratic district. Now, Aiken lost a run in 2014 to Representative Renee Elmers. Elmers was the first congresswoman to endorse Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Aiken, however, has been a vocal critic of Trump. The people in the triangle gave me the platform that I have, and I want to use it to give back to them. I want to be a loud voice for the triangle. When I get to Congress, I will tell you that, and we need a big voice. All right, rounding out news this morning, California Governor Gavin Newsom's administration said Saturday it was asking the state legislature for $2.7 billion in emergency funding to fight the surge in COVID-19 cases tied to the Omicron variant. The request comes a day after Newsom activated 200 California National Guard members to help bolster testing facilities. Additional Guard members are expected to be deployed next week. From day one, California has taken swift and direct action to battle COVID-19 with policies that have saved tens of thousands of lives. But there's more work to be done, said Newsom. Our proposed COVID-19 emergency response package will support our testing capacity, accelerate vaccination and booster efforts, support frontline workers and healthcare systems, and battle misinformation with a focus on the hardest hit communities. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be 71 in LA today, a high of 61 in Vegas, 73 in Palm Springs, 57 in Houston, 81 in Miami, 73 in Phoenix, 52 in Atlanta, 18 in Chicago, 36 in St. Louis, and 73 in La Quinta. Now, Dr. Jen, if you'll give us a vibe of the day. Abusers be like, how dare you ruin my reputation by telling people things I did and said. Oh, that's so important and so real. 
We've all been there with someone who has wronged us, who's hurt us, who's been insensitive. And instead of just saying, hey, I'm so sorry, I want to do better in the future. Instead, they get annoyed at you or angry or hostile because you actually spoke the truth and said what they did or said. And that's a big red flag. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so real. I love your vibe of the days today. And I also love that you're on the show because coming up, you are giving us 10 commitments to make to ourselves for the new year. Dr. Jen Mann coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. So we love New Year's and uh, we love fresh starts. My birthday is this Friday, so I feel like I get hit with New Year's and then a new actual year of birth. Uh, But what I hate is the feeling of these very generic resolutions that people often make that feel like just unattainable and and you really can't keep them. So I love Dr. Jen. Uh, I love when you're on the show. I love your insight because I think you always come with a very realistic perspective. And uh, you have that with these 10 commitments that you're telling people to make to themselves for the new year. So I'd love for you to give us a couple of those for us to really focus on as we head into our new year. Absolutely. And I like to go deeper. You know, I don't I don't like to just do the like lose 10 pounds kind of New Year's resolutions. I like to be obviously very psychological since I'm a therapist. So the first is put your well-being ahead of pleasing others. And I think it's so important that we stop putting other people's needs and desires before our own. Keep in mind, we teach people how to treat us. And that really starts with how we treat ourselves. So the second is make better boundaries Mm. in the new year. Say no when you don't want to do something. Or even, here's my favorite phrase, Let me think about that and get back to you. That can buy you some time to self-reflect, to work up the strength, to make a good boundary, whatever it is that you need. Sometimes we just need time to be able to be able to make that better boundary. The third is make a commitment to work through the historical pain, trauma, and issues that hold you back. This is huge. You know, our pain that doesn't get talked about and processed and worked through tends to leak out and pushes us to say and do things we regret, especially in our relationships, in our careers. Let this year be the year that you work through that. Another one, the fourth is prioritize self-care. Make your own well-being your top priority. I know it's become like a cliche, but they say you have to put on your own oxygen mask first. If you are passed out, you can't help anyone else. We all feel a lot of responsibility for those that we care about. But if you don't take care of yourself, you're useless to those around you. And then five, care less about what other people think. I talk a lot about the 30 second rule. Nobody thinks about anybody else besides themselves for more than 30 seconds. Even if they think about you, they go back to thinking, do these jeans make my butt look fat? What am I going to eat for dinner? What did my partner do? How come I haven't returned my call? All that sort of stuff. Stop worrying so much about what other people think of you. It's a prison that you don't want to be in. The sixth is don't allow people in your life to disrespect, hurt, or abuse Mm, you. Be really clear about how you deserve to be treated. Make boundaries with people who don't treat you the way that they should. If there is a pattern of hurt, disrespect, or abuse, get out. 
make sure you get help to do it safely if it is a situation where you are in danger and, and really make sure that you practice that good self-care. And then another one is seven, ask for what you want. You don't get what you I, don't ask. Can I People just... Can, yeah. Yeah, can I just tell you that I literally did not understand asking for what you want until I started asking for what I wanted and how prone people are to giving it to you. I mean, I feel yeah. like it goes back to like hungry, a closed, what is it? Uh, how do you say that, that saying? Hungry, closed mouths go unfed. It, I, you know what? I don't think I've, I've ever heard that one, but I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's very true. My mother always said, ask for what you want. And, and it, it can be emotional things in a relationship, or it can even be more superficial things. I, I had a situation with a company that I bought some leggings from where they sent something that, that you know, I think they sent like the wrong color or the wrong size or something. And I called them and got them to place. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I'd like them to send me something else as well. And I thought to myself, you know, that seems like a big ask. And I, I heard my mother's voice say, always ask for what you want. The worst they can say is no. So I said, you know what? I'd like that other pair of leggings too. And they said, yeah, sure. No problem. I was like, wow, I just got a nice pair of leggings. They have a happy customer. Everyone's happy. I, You know, I'll tell you, and I want you to be able to get through this, but I needed something yeah. for an album that I'm making. And I, I was sitting yeah. there and somebody had told me prior, uh, ask for the most ideal amount. And I normally would never. Uh, and I, and I, I felt myself get a little nervous, but the words came out and the yeah. person I was talking to said, okay, I can do that. And I was like, ah! but had I not, yeah. it would have never happened. And now that's life changing for me to finish a passion of mine. It was just so exciting. I can't wait to hear your album. Thank you Very so much. excited about, about July. Yes. Thank you. Very excited. Um, Eight is set small manageable goals. And goal setting, probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they make too big a stretch. They say, you know what, I'm going to work out an hour a day, seven days a week. When they haven't worked out at all, then they get injured, they're burned out, they hate it. Start small and build on the achievements. It's really important to change your sense of your your the way you see yourself when it comes to goals, knowing that you are someone who achieves her goals makes you actually achieve more goals. Then wow. the ninth is read more. Reading is the best way to get information, have access to expert that w experts that wouldn't even be possible to speak with. And, and it's also, it's really important to learn and help yourself grow and heal. And look, I am all for YouTube videos, for documentaries, for all that sort of stuff. But I think that reading is particularly magical and healing. I'm a big fan of bibliotherapy. And then 10th is develop more coping skills to deal with stress. We all ah. need this in these stressful times. It is important to have an ongoing list. I like them in writing. This list of self-care activities that are healthy, that, keep you, that help you to lower your stress, keep adding to the list all year long. This should be a living, breathing list that is constantly growing. And make sure that you schedule these things into your day. 
I love that. I feel like even Vanessa said we need to to figure out better coping skills to deal with stress because it's true. And there's so many like toxic things that you could do, but finding really positive ways to acclimate to stress is so awesome. Dr. Jen, you're so great. You have so many more of these tips Um, in your book, The Relationship Fix that you can get to anywhere you can get a book. Um, and also you have a really fabulous column that you do for InStyle Magazine. Um, and, and I will say that these tips are priceless. They literally uh, can lead you to your best life. And we just appreciate you so much and all your knowledge. Uh, thank you so much. And if you're driving what we went over these tips and you want to find them, you can find them on my Instagram at Dr. Jen Man, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. I know that's right, Dr. Jen. Tell me something good. All right, that's all right, the part of our, part of our show, show where we are coming to an end, but we want to leave it on a high note. And this story is incredible. A student was able to raise over $70,000 after her professor at her school stated that women should not be recruited into fields like engineering, medicine, and law, she was so upset that she decided to do something about it. Take a listen. I never want a a girl to look online and say, oh, look, a professor who teaches in higher education says I should stay out of STEM, medicine, and law. They should see the scholarship and see that 500 plus donors said, no, I will fund you if you want to go into these areas of study. That's exactly what this 22-year-old marketing major did. She created a place for women to go if they need uh, the money to be able to to get a scholarship and go. I'm actually more surprised. I think she's iconic. I'm more surprised that a professor in 2022 would say that he doesn't think women should be recruited into those fields. Like, what? It's pretty stunning. I mean, that's clearly someone who is... Uh, stunted in some other generation. Perhaps he's related to Archie Bunker. I don't know, (laughs) but it's really a bizarre thing to say to a classroom that is filled with people, many of whom are women who are learning about the topic. Yeah, absolutely. I know you have another great story. Yes, this is very exciting. Pakistan confirms the first female Supreme Court justice. Justice Aisha A. Malik's nomination is a historic win for women in Pakistan, which is a historically conservative and male-dominated society. Pakistan just cleared the way for the first woman in the country's history to become a Supreme Court justice. As the Judicial Commission of Pakistan approved Justice Alicia Malik for a vote, Five, two, four. This nomination marks a rare victory after women have struggled for decades to secure representation in a largely male-dominated society. I think this is spectacular. Absolutely. That's major news. Uh, well, listen, I, I loved it because today was a very girl power show. We have our producer, Vanessa, on the board with our amazing guest host, Dr. Jen Man. I do want to remind everybody uh, to get the relationship fix written by Dr. Jen Man. Truly, it saved mine and Lisa's relationship and continues to enhance us and being able to communicate 
Also, thank you to our dietitian, Abby Langer, for joining us. If you have any more questions, I recommend people downloading No More Diets at uh, any lab, uh, any app store. Also, um, made by Dr. Jen Mann. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to see you again. It is my pleasure. I always love hanging with you and talking to your listeners on Channel Q, my favorite station. Well, we adore you. We have a great show for you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.